Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Get the safe empowerment system for anxiety for 50% off right now at quietbegins.com. Let me guide you through and maybe even out of your anxiety so that you can get back to living again. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I am here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on the show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. I had a conversation with my girlfriend earlier that I'll share a little snippet of. Where were we? In the living room. And I just said, you know, it's been seven years. I've been doing this podcast for seven years. And she said, well, that's why you're succeeding at it. That's why it's working out for you. And I thought about that. And, you know, of course, anything that you do consistently with persistence uh, will eventually work out. I shouldn't say anything, but if you never give up, something has to change. Something has to give. Something has to break to the point where you finally reach a level of, I don't know if you'd call it success, but uh, some sort of achievement, some sort of accomplishment. doesn't mean everything is going to work out. I mean, you can work on something for years and just have it be a complete failure. Um. I'm sure relationships come to people's minds when they think about that. Uh, For me, yes, I could work on something for years and it could be a complete failure, but I don't like to look at things as failures. I mean, that's our first personal growth lesson in any seminar, right? There is no failure. There's only the lessons you've learned. I've often heard it called, there is no failure, only feedback. And I like to take that feedback into my next journey, into my next challenge. And whatever we do with that feedback is how we learn, heal, grow, and evolve. I look at this show seven years and I think, you know, my first episode, (laughs) thinking back to my first episode where I, well, back then I was interviewing people. So I had Jeff Olson on, the author of The Slight Edge, really great guy, and uh he was my very first episode. I was a no-name in anywhere, and uh, he came on my show. He was very gracious and came on the show, and we had a conversation. And that episode is not on the air anymore. It will be in the patron site at moretob.com because I'm going to put all the old episodes on that site. But that episode is no longer on the air, thankfully, because I listen to that episode and I cringe. I hear myself. I hear myself uh, with the super duper long intros. Like his episode, I spent, I don't know how many minutes introducing him, but it was way too long, at least by my standards today and by a lot of standards, because 
a lot of us want things quicker. A lot of us want things uh, to be faster. Some of us use the microwave to boil water instead of boiling water on the stove. Sometimes it's for speed. Sometimes it's for convenience. Sometimes it's just because that's how we've always done it. So we do it again and again. But I look at those past episodes and how much time I spent doing certain things like introducing a guest or, and not even the time, but just the quality of the content and the quality of the audio. I can hear the people that have never heard the show already thinking, is this how the show normally goes? He just talks about himself. (laughs) No, it's not how it normally goes. But yes, I do talk about myself on these episodes because I've experienced a lot of the failures that I talk about on these episodes. I don't come out and say, hey, I'm perfect and I've never had all these failures. So let me teach you how not to have failures. Uh, Let me teach you how to succeed. That's not me. I come on the air and say, hey, this is what I went through. And this is how I got through it. And this is how I've healed through it. So that could be a success that I share, absolutely. And sometimes I haven't gone through what you've gone through. Somebody loses an arm or a leg. I I haven't gone through that. But I know what loss feels like. And I know what pain feels like. And I know the emotional state that I was in for 15, 20 years with some debilitating pain that got gradually worse over time. I never lost an arm or a leg, like I said, but I can talk about different things from different perspectives in the manner of, I mean, we can all do this, in the manner of what you could lose in your life and how that would change your life. But I don't profess to be able to empathize with somebody who's gone through greater pain and suffering than I have. But let me get back to my point, at least in this first segment, which is sometimes you have to be consistent. Sometimes you have to persist to succeed at something. Now, this doesn't work if you're working on something that there is a high amount of resistance from somebody else or something else. But there's always going to be resistance in anything you do that challenge you to the point that when you succeed, you feel like you've accomplished something. If all relationships had no resistance, you'd probably get a little bored I know there are people out there that would be like, I just want an easy relationship. What does that consist of? Yes, I hear you. I think that sounds like a fantasy. (laughs) I think that sounds like a wonderful thing. But the resistance is the contrast. The resistance is the different belief systems, the different values, the different ideals and religious beliefs and culturally speaking, where people are from different places. So you're going to have resistance. You're going to have challenges, which is why no relationship really is easy. They're challenging. The accomplishment, the feelings of accomplishment come from getting through that challenge and meeting on the other side of it with a new understanding and a new connection, or at least a stronger connection, where you can be with someone and say, wow, you know, we've gone through a lot. You know, this is why sometimes people that have experienced infidelity and it's very painful and that betrayal comes in and it's like a poison in the relationship, that poison can sometimes be drained out, if I may use that term, to the point where the relationship becomes stronger because of the infidelity. That can happen. It doesn't always happen. And I don't recommend you try it. I'm just saying this can happen because everything wrapped up in what happens has to do with things that need to be talked about, need need to be expressed, that probably haven't been talked about. They probably haven't been discussed at length. And they've probably been uh, hidden and kept secret. But after something challenging like infidelity and the pain is there and you need healing and the anger is there and you need to get through that anger, when a couple is willing to work on that and try to heal through it, 
if they're both working on it, and that's, you know, talk about a lot of resistance. If they're both working on it, though, and they get through it, they'll be able to look back, assuming people heal and get past the anger and come to a place of trust again and feeling secure in the relationship again. That can create such a strong relationship where both of them can go, oh yeah, when we went through that, it was a huge challenge. I thought it was the end, but now we're stronger than ever and I trust him or her 100%. That can happen, but it takes work and it takes persistence and consistency and continuing to show up and continuing to try. That's why it drives me crazy when I hear about emotionally abusive relationships. I talk about this on my other podcast, Love and Abuse. If you haven't heard that and you're having a difficult relationship, you might want to tune into that at loveandabuse.com. But what I'm talking about is uh, I'll hear from a lot of people in emotionally abusive situations where the person being abused is really trying, giving it their all, trying to please the other person, trying to accommodate, trying to do the right thing. But the other person says, well, it's all you. It's all your fault. You need to fix your problems. I'm going to relax into this and just keep doing what I'm doing while you do all the work. So guess what? They have no resistance unless you resist. Unless you say, hey, buddy, pal, man, woman, you need to do the work too. This is an equal partnership. And as much as you think this is all me, we have to work through this together. That's probably not how the conversation would go. It would probably go more like this. Really? I have to do this all by myself? I think we should work on this together. I think we should seek couples therapy. Or if this isn't about a romantic relationship for you, somebody else in your life is experiencing this. I think we should work on this together. I think that we need to talk about this. And even that conversation may not happen. Because that just doesn't often happen. That doesn't often happen where somebody will say, hey, we need to work on this together. And even if they said that, they may not get agreement from the other person. The other person in the emotionally abusive situation might say, it's not me, it's you. You're the one with the problem. Think about anyone in your life that thinks you're the one with the problem. It's not me. I hope you don't have anyone in your life that does that, but if they're out there and you want to make the relationship better, then it's a two-person job. Or if there's more people in the relationship, it might be a more-person job. But typically a two-person job that saves the relationship, heals the relationship, and continues to work on it consistently and persistently. It's that commitment to making things work. Just like my first episode and my second episode and then getting to my 50th episode and my 100th episode, it was a commitment to cringe through my first 10, 20, 30 episodes thinking I was doing well, thinking that I was making a good show and to some people I probably was, that's fair, but to me when I listen back, I think, what was I thinking? <laughs> What am I doing? This isn't a personal growth and development show. They don't want to tune into this. There's a lot of self-doubt that came in. There's a lot of uh, work I had to do on myself. I tell you what, doing a podcast every week for seven years and multiple shows a week sometimes, because now I have two shows that I do multiple episodes, doing something like that for seven years teaches you a lot. And I'm not talking about just broadcasting, podcasting, speaking, talking for an hour. <laughs> I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm talking about everything that you have to face in yourself. Anything that you go through, relationships, jobs, uh, climbing a mountain, you have to face yourself. That's the best part of it, though. Since I've been doing this show, I've had to face my own insecurities, my own relationship issues. I mean, I went through a divorce while doing this show. That was a huge challenge. I would have, I'm going to be vulnerable right now, I would have episodes, probably two or three that I can remember, where I had to stop recording because I would start to cry. The reason was, is because I would hit on something that I hadn't yet healed from or 
that I still had an emotional trigger about or that I really had feelings about. I remember recording an episode about my wife when I was married and how bad I felt about how I treated her while we were married and I had to stop recording. I thought maybe I should just keep recording because this is real, this is raw, this is me. But I couldn't say anything and I would have felt like an idiot so I just stopped recording. I thought that was a wise decision, but you know, maybe I should have left it there, but either way, I still talked about it. When I got back on the air, I I don't know if I said I started crying and I had to stop it, but I decided to address the emotions and the feelings that came up. And if you heard my shows where that happened, you heard some pretty raw stuff. And by doing that, by allowing myself to put this on the air, into the public airwaves to be downloaded tens or hundreds of thousands of times uh, to be heard over and over again by different people all over the world in different relationships that are experiencing what I've experienced or not and to expose myself like that to be vulnerable to be in a humble place that anyone could have just written to me and said you were a big jerk I expected that kind of feedback where I would express something that I did that I was definitely not proud of, that I felt guilty about, that I felt shame about. I expected people to keep me in that guilt and shame. And surprisingly, they didn't. I mean, you didn't. You didn't write to me and say, well, you should be ashamed of yourself. I've had people do it. I've had people reach out to me. I've had somebody write a review for the show. And they said, this guy was a jerk to his wife. <laughs> she was right. I think it was a she. She was right. I was. I admit it. And I deserve that. But at the same time, I also acknowledge my healing and growth from that time. I acknowledge it. I'm, I'm proud of me. I'm proud of the things that I've accomplished. And I'm also happy that my ex-wife is in a better relationship. So, so happy for her. Because I was poisoned back then. I was very toxic. So getting through that took, you've heard me say it already, consistency and persistence and continually committing to my own personal growth, to my own healing, to the point where I had to stop being toxic to others. What does that involve? That, that involves a lot of grounding with myself and connecting to myself and being with myself Self-compassion, self-love, self-care. That is huge. If you aren't doing these things, it is vital. It is vital because if you're having bad results in any of the areas that I'm talking about, in your love life, in your career, anything that elicits emotion in you, you've got to make sure that you're giving yourself self-care. And self-care doesn't just mean you love yourself and you treat yourself as your best friend. Self-care sometimes means digging into why you feel like crap and digging in to why you're anxious or depressed or sad or angry and really allowing yourself to feel these things and bring them up to be processed, to be evaluated, to be discussed inside your mind and maybe even discussed with somebody else that you can trust, that you feel safe with. Because if it stays down there inside you, you carry around emotional triggers. You carry around things that haven't been addressed yet and they're probably affecting your life in some way. They're probably affecting your relationships. They're probably affecting your decisions and they probably affect what you value and what you believe and so on and so forth. You know, maybe not all of that's 100%, but a lot of that is involved. The old traumas and neglect and hurt and pain or anything that you went through when you were younger, whether that was a year ago or 30 years ago or longer, anything that you went through, if it's not resolved, it's still in there. And all that means is if when you think about these past events, do you have a negative emotional response of any kind? I'm not talking about like uh, if somebody died and it makes you sad that when you think about it, you get sad. That's not what I mean. I'm talking about somebody hurt you or you went through a pain. And when you think about that, that pain is still there. The pain or the 
hurt or feeling small or discarded or disrespected, any of those feelings that you carry around that you could have gotten anywhere from anyone at any time, if they haven't been resolved in you and you think about them and it affects you in a negative way and it's almost like you can't get it out of your head unless you just stuff it back down, needs to be resolved. Things like that need to be resolved. When I think back to the first year that I was making this podcast and all the stuff that I was still resolving and still going through, I mean, this was around the time before my divorce. My first episodes were before my divorce. So when my divorce came, it was a shocker. It was something I had to figure out in processing, ask myself if I was going to be the same person I've always been through every breakup and if I was going to end up the same way after every breakup. I mean, those weren't the exact questions and this is more hindsight than anything, but I think about when that time came, when she said, I'm no longer in love with you and I need to move on with my life. She didn't use those words, but that's pretty much what happened that day. When I heard that, I didn't know what to do. And I had started this show and I wanted to continue doing it. And suddenly I was questioning myself because usually when I go through a breakup, I just quit everything and move. That's what I did for a lot of my life. I just gave everything up and got away. This time I said to myself, I really need to think this through. Before I just jump ship and run away like I usually do, this time I'm not going to avoid it. I'm going to allow myself to feel the feelings that I'm having. I'm going to allow myself to grieve. I'm going to allow myself to accept that this is the end of the relationship and I'm going to treat it like the relationship died and I need to grieve it. Thankfully, I was in my 40s, just starting in my 40s at the time. So I believe when you hit your 40s, you start gaining wisdom from your life, from the life that has been thrown at you for all those years. If you haven't reached 40 yet, wisdom's coming. (laughs) Wisdom is coming. And I've met people that are much younger than I am that definitely have a lot of wisdom. But I think when you hit your 40s, you should access that wisdom and not be afraid to face the challenges that were scary before. You should do everything to connect with yourself and dive into yourself And you might have to do what I did, which is basically be your own mommy and daddy. That sounds a little strange, but you self-parent. You show up for yourself in a way that maybe your parents couldn't or never could or can't now. And if you do have loving, healthy, kind parents that want to be supportive, then, of course, reach out to them and maybe they'll give you some wisdom of their own. But some of us don't have that. I mean, I have a mom and she's been so supportive. She loves me. She cares about me. But to ask her how to deal with this, it's not in her resume. She does not know how to deal with what I've been dealing with. So even though I could share this stuff, all she could do, for the most part, I mean, she did a lot for me, But all she could really do to help me emotionally is just listen and say, uh, I'm there for you if you need me. Because she didn't have the advice that I was so needing, but at the same time didn't want because really all I wanted to do was crawl into a hole. But it's nice to have people that are in your life that you feel safe being around and you trust to be there for you. Non-judgmental people that love you and care about you and just want you to feel better if they can allow you to just be yourself even if that self is sad and lonely and scared then you'll be able to release some of the pressure that normally builds up when you don't have that but when you don't have it when you don't have somebody that you can trust and have a shoulder to cry on or just express yourself that's when self-care comes in this reminds me of an email that i received that somebody was talking about empathy. Like, how do empathetic people stop putting themselves in harm's way? I forget the uh, entirety of the email, but she asked, you know, some people are very empathetic and they always put other people first. The first thing that came to my mind is you're not practicing self-empathy first. 
You're not practicing self-compassion before you give compassion to others. What is self-empathy? It doesn't even make sense. I look at self-empathy as caring about how you feel and feeling how you feel. Yes, it's weird to think about it that way because you are you. But if you are able to connect with yourself as you would someone else and feel how you feel and care about how you feel, you're going to experience self-empathy to the point where you will care for yourself to heal yourself, to get into a better space, to process what you need to process, listen to yourself, and get to the point where you now are available for other people. This is what self-care is all about, in my opinion. Self-care is self-compassion and self-love and self-empathy where you care about caring about yourself. Kind of that dissociated perspective where you're outside yourself looking inward, caring about yourself and having empathy for yourself. When you can do that, you will get the energy that you need to care about others and care for others and stop putting others first. I know that's not something you do all the time. Sometimes there is a challenge that you need to care for someone else first. There's different situations that that applies. But for the most part, especially very empathetic people, especially people pleasers too, when you care about others to the point where you're drained, you will never be happy. You, you will always feel drained. And the only time you're happy, if you're going to feel any happiness, is when you care about somebody else to the point where they are gracious and thankful to you and it gives you a quick high. But happiness shouldn't be about quick highs. Happiness should be a general feeling that is often there and sometimes not. I want to repeat that. Happiness is that general positive feeling that is often there and sometimes not. If it's the opposite, where it's often not there and sometimes is, then you might be finding quick highs in your life, those emotional highs. And a lot of empathetic people do that. A lot of people pleasers will do that too. They will find these quick highs and they're happy in those few hours or days, but then they're back to that general feeling of unhappiness. Happiness should be an experience that happens more often than not. So let me wrap up what my real point is during this segment, which is talking about how sometimes you do have to make a commitment and go through the struggles and go through the beginning phases of things and work hard at it as long as there is a synergy. I hate to use that word, but I'm going to use it. There's a synergy between you and what you're working with or who you're working with. That means that the person that you're working with to figure something out or make something better has to be on the same page, has to be in the same proximity with your values and beliefs. They don't have to match, but there has to be some level of balance in there, some level of similarity. It doesn't mean you have to be the same person. It just means when you look at two adults that are working on something together, you would expect those two adults would put the effort they can into it. And when one of them is not making the effort, then it doesn't work. It is the ship listing. It is the scale unbalanced. It is the seesaw that somebody jumps off and you land on your butt. I don't know if you've ever done that in your life. It's not pleasant. And when you fall, you wonder why they did that. Why would they do that to me? Do you get back on the seesaw and hope they don't jump off again? I would be very careful because people that do that, they're not really out for your best interest. And and you have to be careful about those people. So there are people that you need synergy with. And I want to say this too, there are things that you need synergy with and environments that you need synergy with. If you go to an environment that is toxic or makes you feel ill in any way, that's not an environment that helps you create synergy with the environment or in yourself. 
So you have to be really careful what you expose yourself to. I mean, I lived in a part of the country for about three years. I won't tell you which part just because uh, some people who live there love it. And I'm not going to say where it is, but I lived there for three years and it rained seven months out of the year. And for three months, it was gorgeous. The rain didn't bother me as much as the cold. So not only did it rain, it got cold. And of course, it was cloudy most of the time. So I really had to question if I was happy being in an environment where seven months out of the year, I was cold and miserable. Turns out I wasn't. I was not happy at all. Plus the culture there, I wasn't in synergy with. Wasn't my vibe. I wasn't in the groove with that one. So I weighed all these options and realized I just don't fit in here. It's not them, it's me. So what do I do? I have to take care of myself. You have to take care of yourself and find that synergy. So I got out of that environment. There are relationships like that. There are all kinds of things like that in our life that we need to maybe look at if we feel that general sense of unhappiness more often than not. How this applies to my show and going through all the changes that I went through as my show went on, it had to evolve. It had to change. It had to go into different phases and stages and get to the point where it is now. And it has been for the last three or four years. It got to that point where I finally found synergy, where I finally made it work for me and for everyone else. It just feels good the way it's structured for me. I mean, some people think it's too long. <laughs> I won't argue with them. Sometimes it is too long for people. But uh, this is the way it works for me, and it works for a lot of people this way. I found a synergy with it, so I'm good. And that doesn't mean I can't make a half an hour show sometimes, and you know that would be nice. That would save me a lot of time, but it just hasn't worked out that way. Here I am. I'm probably 25 minutes into this segment already, and it just hasn't really gone that way because... I guess the way my ideas come out of my head and I just speak to you and this is the way I communicate and this is just what happens. But my final point about all this is that in order for this show to be the success it is, and I only mean that it helps a lot of people, I had to keep at it. And whenever I felt resistance along the way, I addressed that resistance. I didn't just plow through it and go, well, I don't care if nobody likes this. I'm going to do it anyway. No, that doesn't really help anyone. I mean, how does that help me? Just like anything in your life, how does it help you to just say, I don't care about that. I'm just going to plow through it. I mean, depending on the situation, I can't imagine that applies to too many scenarios. But if it does, by all means, go for it. But uh, when you are feeling resistance, when it's hard, you have to address the resistance and you have to figure it out and you have to talk about it and connect with yourself and reflect on it and figure out if there's anything you can do about it or if you just need to change things up. And I've had to change things up several times throughout the years. And um, this come November, November 2020, I started the show in uh, 2013, November 13, 2013. And because so many things did work, I decided to continue forging ahead with the show, with the blog and everything that I do at the overwhelmed brain, the coaching and the writing and I'm working on the love and abuse and the mean workbook and the safe system, all these things that I do over here, they've evolved because I've worked on it. They've evolved because I kept at it because I was consistent. Now, I will say this to close this segment. If I felt like no matter what I did, nothing ever worked, I would then reevaluate what I was doing with my life. I mean, if you're constantly working at something and you are consistent and you are persistent, but there's never any progress or the progress is so minuscule that it doesn't really affect you in any positive way, then it might be time to develop a philosophy that when you're trudging through mud, you're probably going in the wrong direction. That's the final thing I want to say on this. When I was doing this show after many years, I had to evaluate what projects that I was working on that felt like trudging through mud and accomplishing nothing. 
And one of those things was when I started writing ebooks. I was trudging through mud writing ebooks because they took up so much of my time that I just had to stop. I mean, my goal was to write many, many ebooks, but it turned out that I just didn't have the time. And when I was writing those ebooks, everything else was on hold. So here I am working on a 99 cent <laughs> product. Everything else is on hold, and I'm going to make this 99 cent product, and 20 people are going to buy it. I mean, more people have bought it, but it doesn't really make sense to put all that effort into it, putting everything else on hold, putting my coaching on hold, putting this show on hold. It didn't make any sense to do that. So I had to reevaluate and I had to realize that there was a lot of resistance. There was so much resistance going in that direction that it felt like trudging through mud. So I use that as a gauge to tell me that I either need to pivot and go into a new direction or reevaluate and just completely scratch it off my list or do something entirely different. I just have to figure it out and continue moving forward so I at least have some momentum. I mean, that's what this show has done for me. It has allowed me to evaluate how things are going and pivot course as needed. And I think that's a good thing to do in anything in life. I think that's a great thing to do. Even if you're in a relationship and things are kind of stale or you really feel like you're trudging through mud, you might have to pivot course. And that might mean you leave or that might mean you talk about things in a way where you say, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. Let's either work this out or we need to take another step away from each other. Who knows? But that is something that you have to bring up so that you can address the mud you need to address the mud. You need to clean it up. And if you can't clean it up, it might be time to go on a new path. So I'm going to end this segment here. Um, I kind of went off on a couple of different tangents, so I apologize about that. But I think I got my initial point across, which is the commitment and consistency to something. As long as, as you're doing it, you're more happy than not. And as long as you are continuing to evaluate if you're trudging through mud and accomplishing something or not. Because if you're not accomplishing anything, it's time to look at it and maybe make different choices. Thanks so much for joining me today. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsor. And I will say my thank yous and goodbyes and my final words right after this. Now, sometimes it does feel like you're trudging through mud and you just don't know how to get out of it. Your boots get stuck. <laughs> so now you get this boot in the mud. And now what do you do? Because nobody's around to help. I don't like the idea that no one is around to help. That doesn't feel good to me at all, which is why I really appreciate services like BetterHelp. I have talked about them many times before, and I talk about them on this show many times because it's just a great service. It is worth looking into and talking to real therapists through a system set up to accommodate you. Especially now, it's so nice to have somebody accommodate us when everything just feels in disarray, you know, with COVID going on right now and businesses closing and there are people that are stressed out. There are people going through a lot of challenges which is why, again, I appreciate a service like BetterHelp. Because sometimes you're told that you can't even leave your house. At least that's what it feels like. I want you to consider going to BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P dot com forward slash brain. And when you do that, you'll get 10% off your first month and join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. And, you know, I was just saying in the last segment, if you're unhappy more than you're happy, what is interfering with that happiness? And have you figured that out yet? Or do you know what it is, but you just can't figure out how to get past it? This is what this service is for. Things like that where you either know or don't know what's going on with you and you just need to talk about it with someone. BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You get to connect in a safe and private online environment very convenient, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. You can send a message to your counselor anytime, 
and you can talk to them on the phone, through their on-screen messaging system, or even video chat. Set up a weekly conference with them and get into a better space. Somebody is there to help you get into that better space. So check out betterhelp.com forward slash brain. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash brain. Get 10% off your first month today and let them help you through any of a number of things that you're going through, depression, stress, anxiety, relationship issues, sleeping, LGBT matters, family conflicts, anger, everything you share is confidential. Betterhelp.com forward slash brain. Check them out today. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank the financial backers of this show. They are the patrons, and I always thank the patrons of the week. These are the ones that I see on a list every week that tell me who is supporting the show, and I like to read these names off every week. There's just a few here. Monica, she's a new patron. Monica, you just joined. Thank you for joining. Thank you for your support. I appreciate you, and Lorita Leela, love your email address, Leela. <laughs> that was a funny one. Adriana, I think is how you pronounce it. Julia, Anna, Lucy, you're a new patron too. Lucy, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for your support. I am grateful. Callie, Christy, you're a, you've been there a long time. Henry, you've been there a long time. Maud, Maud, you're a new one too. How many new ones this week? Maud, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for your support. I appreciate you too. Chelsea, of course, I've seen you many times. And Linda, absolutely thank you so much to all the patrons that support the show. And like I said, I'm grateful for all of you supporting the show. And there are other names that I'll mention every week if you're in the program or if you give a one-time donation. I will also thank you on the air. If you are interested in supporting the show at all, you can go to moretob.com. That's like the overwhelmed brain, moretob.com. And you'll see some options there. The patron program is a place where if you find value in the show, you can give, but I also give back. So if you join the patron program, you're going to get access to almost a hundred private episodes and the video library and the workbooks and the worksheets that I have available in there. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff in there as well. So it's not just about um, being a financial support. It's also about getting some other deeper level stuff that I have in there as well. So if you want to join, if you want to check it out, head over to moretob.com. You can also give your a one-time donation there as well. And we take these donations and apply them to all the expenses it takes to create a weekly show like this, the hosting and the producing and the editing and all the other technology that goes into it. So Thank you anyone that supports the show and other people are supporting the show through the Amazon link at the Overwhelmed Brain or even giving their reviews and their ratings on the show and even sharing the show with those who might need it. And that is huge as well because I've said this before, but my cause in this world, or at least one of my causes, is to increase your emotional intelligence and increase your self-worth and self-esteem and allow you to show up in the world authentically and honor your personal boundaries. If you're doing all of that, then your life improves. And my cause is if your life improves, mine automatically improves. So it's one of those selfish causes where if the world changes, then I feel good in the world that's changing. So I get benefit from it. <laughs> so I like to look at it that way. It's probably silly, but I do want the world to heal and learn and grow and evolve. I do want that, but not everyone needs that. I realize that. Some people just need to heal. Some people just need to learn something new. Some people just want some tools and techniques and then they can take them with them when they visit their toxic family. We do that here too. <laughs> so thank you, everyone that supports the show. I appreciate all of you. I also want to thank BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a supporter of today's episode. If you go to betterhelp.com forward slash brain, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash brain, you'll get 10% off your first month today. And I also want to mention the Love and Abuse podcast. I mentioned it at the beginning, but I think it's important that if you are dealing with any type of difficulty in any relationship that you're in, whether it's romantic or platonic or coworker or whatever it is, if you're experiencing any type of difficulty where you just can't seem to work things out or maybe you leave every conversation feeling a little bit bad or angry or unresolved, check out loveandabuse.com. 
lots of episodes over there and um, maybe it'll help you understand what's going on and maybe resolve some stuff. And if you can't resolve it, that's where the self-love and self-compassion and self-care come in. And that might be the next step as well. Sometimes you do have to pivot. Sometimes you have to change things, change it up. And uh, that will make life a little easier or make it harder before it gets easier. Because sometimes when you change things, they get harder. Sometimes you do have to go through that, which is why a lot of people don't like change. They're going to go through the change. Things get harder. The mountain gets steeper. And now they have to work harder at it. And that doesn't sound appealing. So we'll just keep things the same. Well, if the same is okay, then you can deal with that. But if the same is not okay, and you're just trudging through the mud, maybe it's time to allow yourself to climb the steeper part of the mountain so that you can get to the top. Now, the top is the place where when you finally reach it, you can take the zip line down. (laughs) It's a lot easier going downhill than it is. Well, not in every mountain. But if you took a zip line, it's a lot easier to get down. That doesn't mean change is going to happen fast, but I will say this. When you go through the big changes in your life, what ends up happening is that you will hit that steep peak and there will be a step down that feels so much better than continuing to step up where the work gets harder and harder and harder. It's that threshold I've talked about before. You will get to a point where you've worked so hard because you are committed, because you are consistent, because you were persistent, because you were dedicated to the completion of the journey that you will reach a point where you're either going to be so exhausted that you're dead. <laughs> it's a terrible way to look at it, I know. Or you're going to succeed. And even if you don't succeed, you never know what path is going to open up because you're moving forward. That's one thing I just said in my email. If you're not on my email list, go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com and sign up. You'll see a place to sign up there. But in my latest email, I talk about how we can be stuck in these ruts and every day is the same thing and we're just not happy and we just keep trudging through the mud, continuing to move forward when we just want to get out of the rut. But sometimes it takes a lot of work takes a lot of work to get out of some of these ruts that we get ourselves into. But the rewards are amazing. And even when you don't get the result that you want, you still get a result that wasn't the same as it was yesterday. And that, I think, is one of the keys. We can sometimes go through life day after day, like I said in the newsletter, like a skipping record. It keeps playing the same part of the song over and over again just like we could play the same day over and over again. So the next day is going to be the same old S. (laughs) You know, the same old crap that we have to deal with. The next day is the same old crap and the same old again and again. And then we have to deal with that over and over again. And it pretty much becomes our favorite term of this year, the new normal. Oh, it's the same old crap every day. Here's the new normal. I get used to it. So that's just how it is. And sometimes we don't consider climbing that extra steep part of the mountain because we just don't want to go through the challenge. It's so hard. It might be so painful. It might put us in the abyss. We might fall through a chasm and then end up somewhere that we don't want to end up. But it will be different. (laughs) I will say this. It will be different if you choose to climb that steeper, more difficult part of the mountain. Things will change. So this is kind of a metaphor for life. And I don't know if you needed to hear this today or not, but uh, I put it out there every week. I'm consistent and I'm persistent and I'm committed to continuing to do what I can to make sure that you are happier in life and you get to a place that you feel better inside yourself and about yourself. Remember that self-empathy, being happy that you're happy. (laughs) That would be interesting. Being empathetic about what you're going through, putting you first and realizing that if you don't do that, you're not going to have the energy to help anyone else or be there for anyone else. You need to be there for you because when you're there for you, you will have the energy, the motivation and the energy and the motivation for anyone else. But 
you got to fill your own cup. You got to do it. So I hope you're able to apply this in your life somewhere and just know that I appreciate you. And I know sometimes life is a struggle that we all go through some sort of struggle. We all have our own version of struggling and suffering. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you shouldn't be angry or you shouldn't be sad or you shouldn't be anything because you have a right to feel anything you want. Everything that you feel is real and you might have to go through it. You might have to process it. You might have to figure it out and work on yourself and show yourself love and compassion and caring because some people aren't able to do that for you. And those that are, well, we want to keep those kind of people in our life. (laughs) I want to keep those people. And if they're not around anymore, then we have to go right back to ourselves and reconnect with ourselves. Because sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes that is the highest, steepest part of the mountain is connecting with ourselves. So if you ever have any trouble connecting with yourself, just remember to keep an open mind. This helps you step into your power and be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure and above all. And this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.